from Loyola University Chicago's School of Law. This is The Podvocate. We're law students exploring the vanguard of the legal world, with experts from our backyard and beyond. Subscribe to The Podvocate wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Podvocate. This is your host, Emmett Harrington. Today, I'm pleased to kick off a new series where all of us on The Podvocate will interview recent Loyola Law graduates and discuss the different paths they took after graduation. With me today is Lamont Williams. Lamont, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Lamont is Chief of Staff for Cook County Commissioner Bill Lowry of the 3rd District, who I interviewed a few weeks ago. But Lamont, could you first walk us through your career from graduation to your current position now? Sure. Um, graduated uh, Loyola Law School in 2014. I started working as an associate at Daly and George's. Um, I worked there, did all kinds of things from government relation work to real estate transactions. Had a, uh, a brief stint doing ERISA law matters in federal court. Pretty much a general practitioner. Anything that the clients that they had from pre-existing business uh, accounts, anything that they needed done. I was the associate who did it. Did a lot of land use and zoning, which would come back to be very beneficial in my current position. Um, I worked with them for about a year and a half. And then I had a very fortunate meeting with uh, Bill Lowry Sr. I actually worked with his son, Bill Lowry Jr. for just the beginning foundation at the time. Bill Jr. introduced me to Bill Sr. And uh, we had lunch, we hit it off, and uh, Bill asked me if I would be interested in working for him at Nyhan Bambri Kenton Lowry. So of course, I jumped at the opportunity. I worked with Bill uh, doing workers' compensation defense work and civil defense work. I was kind of a hybrid lawyer in the firm. I worked there for about two years. Uh, Bill ran for office in 2018. I helped with the campaign, and prior to winning, Bill made me an offer and said if he wins the campaign and uh, wins the election, um, he would like for me to come over as his chief of staff. And that's where I've been for the past two years. That's cool. What was it like for you to sort of walk away from practicing? Well, walking away from practicing was, uh, it was a little different. There were some pros and cons. I think for me, the pros, there was more flexibility in the, in the job that I have now. Mm-hmm. As chief of staff, I think the range of issues that I encounter on a day-to-day Uh, keep me engaged because they vary so much. Uh, One day we can, one day we're talking with unions and discussing, um, you know, contract negotiations and, you know, different labor disputes at the, at the union. The next day we're talking about criminal justice reform or cannabis or, you know, there's just a whole range of things that you tackle from a day to day in my position. Whereas at the firm, you pretty much are handling the type of cases that the firm handles. So if you're at a, a labor firm, you're doing labor cases. If it's a workers' comp firm like Nyhan is, you're doing workers' comp cases. So I think um, that was one of the pros. <laughs> I don't have to bill hours, which is uh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one part of the practice I, I definitely don't miss, um, not having to bill hours. I told uh, Commissioner Lowry that as soon as I came over, I said, I'm glad I don't have to bill hours anymore. And we laugh about that all the time. I think one of the cons is... If you're an entrepreneurial type person and you really want to build your book of business, uh, being in the private sector is obviously the way to go because you can not only when you practice law, 
in the area that you're that you're in. But if you have a knack for developing and fostering relationships for more business, that's an opportunity on the private side that you don't necessarily get the public side. So I think that's probably one of the cons of uh, that transition I made. But honestly, I'm I'm very happy to be where you're happy where you are. <laughs> Do you see yourself going back someday, or as chief of staff right now? Do you see yourself in office in the future? Um, I can see myself, well, both. I can see myself definitely returning to private practice if the opportunity is right. But I think the opportunity has to be tailor-made for my return. Um, I definitely think I found um, the area where I need to be. I think where I'm most impactful, most helpful to people is in the public sector. As far as running for office myself, I was, I... I will say this, several people and groups uh, in my community have approached me uh, and asked me about my interests. I always tell them if I'll get involved, if the position makes sense for the mission of helping folks, like if it's if it's a position where I can really, truly impact the daily lives of individuals and make it easier for them, then I'll strongly consider it. If it's not, if it's just something you know, just to get a title or something like that, I, I have no interest in that. So um, while I'm interested in public office, I think it really has to be something that uh, speaks to what I want to do as far as help people. If it's just a ceremonial, you know, mm-hmm. position or just something with a title right. that doesn't really um, impact uh, the people I want to help and serve, I don't think I'd be too interested in that. What's your uh, day-to-day like for working for Bill Lowry right now? So <laughs> according to the commissioner, I do everything but sell popcorn. <laughs> My day-to-day consists of, you know, I, I, I get up and I'm, well, now we're working remotely because of the COVID pandemic. But prior to COVID, it was, you know, up and at the office around 8, 39 o'clock. Now it's up and out of my, my bedroom into my home office by 8, 39 o'clock. And um, I'm checking my emails first. I want to make sure uh, all the emails that I receive throughout the night and early morning, I can kind of cipher through those and really get a handle on my day and anything that's immediate, any type of fire that I need to put out right away, I can devote my first couple hours of work to really just handling that. After that, it's usually checking the schedule uh, for events and uh, appearances that the commissioner may have for the day, making sure that he's prepared, making sure we have coverage you know sometimes the commissioner will be booked for two two or three different things and obviously he can only attend one and so i have to make sure we have coverage you know i usually go and do uh more of the policy type meetings uh, on his behalf and once all that's out of the way uh then i i I work more so on his policy and legislative um agendas uh drafting legislation researching legislation um looking at case law that may uh, impact whatever his policy agenda may be. And then I'm just communicating with the commissioner and the team throughout the day. I want to say it's like a third phone calls and emails, uh, a third research and writing, and a third prep work, really making sure that commissioner is prepared for whatever board meeting that he has coming up. Would you say your time at Loyola prepared you for that? It did. Um Going to law school, it, it definitely prepared me. And it's, you know, the commissioner is a rambler too. So I think it's it's kind of like that Loyola brotherhood. Like we, we kind of understand how we each work. Uh, and I think we both have that same work ethic instilled in us. So 
it definitely prepared me as far as being organized. I'd never outlined until I went to law school. Now everything mm. I do is like an outline form. It's, it's kind of turnkey. You know, I'm, I'm presenting new information or someone's proposing a new piece of legislation and I break it down like an outline and send it to the committee. I think all my notes and reports are pretty much an outline form because <laughs> um, I think it's just easier for us to digest seeing as how we were used to looking at that. And I'm only, what, six years, soon to be seven years removed from law school. So it's still relatively fresh to look at an outline for me. And uh, I think the commissioner uh, would agree that that's kind of like my style of presenting information to him. Would you say Loyola Law instilled a quality in you or um, something that distinguishes you from your peers, people you see at City Hall? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's always interesting when you run across fellow ramblers, uh, whether it's in the government side or the private side that happens to be down there at City Hall. I think we're <laughs> we have a certain swagger about us, uh, <laughs> a certain swagger about us, and there's a there's a certain um, work ethic edge. Like we all, the ramblers I've ran into in this space, uh, including myself, we, we're very thorough. I think most people would agree that Loyola produces some very thorough advocates on either side of the V, public or private sector. You know, you just, you really get a, a quality to, to be very thorough in the work that you do and, and take pride in the work that you do. And so I, I'm, I'm happy to include myself amongst those ramblers who uh, exemplify that. A lot of 1Ls who might be listening will be applying for those first summer clerkships within the next few months. How did you get your first legal internship and and what recommendations would you have for those students? So that that's a great question. So I love sharing my story with 1Ls all the time because I feel like I have a very realistic <laughs> story as someone who struggled to get uh, good grades in their first year, first year and a half of law school, to be honest. So I didn't have all the opportunities that most of my peers had is, you know, being able to clerk and, you know, they were top 15 or top 20% of the class. But, you know, just being able to recognize opportunities when they come and being prepared for whatever the opportunity may be, will put you in a really good position. Most people rush out and they want to do exactly what they see their peers doing. Like, okay, everybody's uh, clerking for a judge. So if I don't clerk for a judge, something must be wrong with me. Definitely not true. Definitely not the case. For me, I was supposed to go study abroad in the, the China program. I wasn't able to mm. do so at the last minute. So I didn't have any clerkships lined up and my plans to study abroad fell through. So I was presented with an opportunity by Professor Mary Bird, who basically told me, hey, there's this organization, just the beginning foundation at the time. Now it's just the beginning of pipeline organization. Uh, they're looking for somebody to help run their law camps so i said well i'm not doing anything and i need to do something because you got to fill that you know fill that void on your resume for your 1l summer i applied it went great i'm still uh connected to the the women who hired me uh paula lucas and uh laura blackburn ramsey and um or i should say laura ramsey blackburn it went great and from that meeting i like i didn't realize this at the time but from taking that interview and taking that job, I one, I traveled the country facilitating law camps. You know, I was in Minnesota, Washington, D.C., Detroit, St. Louis, and I wound up meeting Josie Goff, 
who sat on the e-board for this organization. And then I found out that she's also like the Josie Golf at Loyola. And I was like, I had no idea at the time. And I, I honestly believe that experience set my path for where I am now because I started meeting all these same folks who were all connected in some way. And so my advice to 1L students is like, whether you're number one in the class or you're like me, someone who's really like first generation struggling to, to get good grades, there's always opportunities. You just have to be open to whatever those opportunities are and really throw yourself into them. Don't think, well, you know, all of my friends are over here doing this. So if I'm not, something's wrong. Trust me. Some of the best resumes I come across have like the quirkiest stops in their resume or something funky that you don't really see from anyone else. But those kind of make a person more well-rounded and uh, more experienced. I like that. Would you say there's any sort of class that you liked at Loyola Law or, or class that you wish you took? So I, I went against conventional wisdom. I'm a first generation uh, attorney. I didn't really have the network or like the, the guidance at the time when I started to kind of say, hey, take this route, take these classes, set yourself up like this. I was more so, I, I followed my intuition. I knew what type of student I was. I knew in order for me to prepare for the bar exam, I needed as much familiarity with bar courses as possible. So uh, most of my peers thought I was crazy because I took bar courses every semester. And some of them were like, well, why don't you take some of these courses, you know, to boost your GPA and these electives are more interesting. And I'm like, nope, I'm taking two bar courses this semester too. I enjoyed them. I want to say probably the one elective course I did take that I really enjoyed, and I wonder if they still teach it, but it was Law and Poverty with Professor Rose. And I, yep, they still teach that. That's an awesome course. I um yeah. I definitely recommend you take it if you can. Anyone listening, it's a it's a very interesting course. And it's interesting because it offers a legal context for um it, it offers a legal context for the lives of most Americans, particularly minority. And most people don't see the correlation in their everyday like this person happens to be on welfare, happens to be on these different government programs. Um, how do they qualify? How does that actually impact their life? Like, what is the policy and the rationale behind it? Or is this person just on welfare to be on welfare? When you really break it down and look at the historical context and the legal context, you start to see like there's some major ramifications for a lot of these programs that are put in place with good intentions, but aren't necessarily uh, followed through in practice. So I thought it was a really, really interesting class. I think Professor Rose taught it very well and it was engaging. And I'll be honest, it's one of the classes that I did very well in. <laughs> so I was I was very happy with the uh, outcome of that class. Yeah. And that's not just a class for two L's or three L's. That's a class you could take a spring semester first year. So and that's, and that's good. I, I would add another class to that list, too. If you can take street law with Professor Bird, I highly recommend that, too, because it's one of the few classes. Um, it's one of the few classes kind of like trial advocacy or things like that, where there are practical classes where you're not just sitting in a room being lectured to, it allows you to apply and be on your feet. Um, street law literally took us out of the classroom and we had to go to a high school. I was at Richards High School in Inglewood, teaching students about the law, you know, teaching students about know your rights and what to do if they're stopped by police and you know, we went through some um, some aspects of mock trial and how do you actually put on a trial. 
and just things like that. And they let us develop the curriculum. And it was great. Like, I, I think that was probably one of the best experiences of uh, my law school career because I was still a 1L. Well, at, the, at that time, I was a 2L. But I was still able to be on my feet and kind of be like a lawyer <laughs> before I took the bar and got my license. Okay. Um, but I was able to give back and really teach uh, students. And you'll be surprised how quickly those high school students will eat all this information up and they'll want to go follow in your footsteps and go to law school. So I think that's a, a wonderful class, too. And I think Professor Bird does a wonderful job teaching that, too. These are all great uh, pieces of advice, Lamont. Would you have any closing remark for any 1L, 2L, or 3L listening? Yeah, I will I will leave you all with this little nugget that I use in my career, Loyola. Definitely take take full advantage of all the things that interest you while you're at Loyola. You know, if it's just a course, if it's a program, if it's a practicum, pursue it. Um, you have your whole career to kind of find your groove and find which areas of law you'd like to practice. But you have law school to really find out what kind of lawyer you want to become. I did trial advocacy. I was a core boy fellow. I did Thurgood Marshall at the time. Now it's Constance Baker Motley, the Balsam Mock trial team. I coached them uh, and I actually participated on the teams too. And I think that that skill set, without me knowing it, because I originally went to law school to be an IP lawyer, quickly found out I did not like intellectual property. <laughs> but I think that skill set of just trying cases and getting on your feet and learning how to not only think the law, but apply the law and apply the rules of evidence took me a lot further than just learning the theory of uh, law just by being in class. And it continues to manifest itself in all the aspects of law that I've been involved in from my private practice days to now as an attorney, now as an attorney who's on the government side. And I just think those kind of skill sets, when it, whenever you can get some type of practical skill sets uh, while you're a law student, definitely take advantage of it. It will pay dividends in ways you probably won't realize now, but once you're out practicing, you're going to say, man, I'm glad I took that class. I'm glad I learned that practical skill set. Well, Lamont, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. Our senior editor is Radhika Sutherland. Our associate editors are Olivia Ashe, Leanne Johnson, Lenny Reinhardt, and me, Emmett Harrington. Our editor-in-chief is Matt Doran. Special thanks to Dean Michael Kaufman for providing the resources and support to make this show possible. From Loyola University Chicago School of Law, this has been The Podcast.